1: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Jordan Speed, once considered by many as the man on tour you'd most trust with the putter in his hand, has developed a devastating recent penchant for inexplicably butchering gimmies, even weekend warriors would have no trouble conceding to the worst player in their group. It has been a vexing microcosm of his relative inconsistency this season, in which he's shown real flashes of being the elite contender he once was, and flashes of someone who might keep falling just short over and over and over again. So it wasn't as shocking as usual to see him blow an 18-incher on number 18 on Saturday, sullying what had been a third straight sub 70 round to set up decent position among a densely packed lead group. Today, on his 56th hole of the tournament, he found himself 57 feet from the hole in a greenside bunker and announced his intention to win by rolling in the first of his Eagles. On number five, he bombed in a 24 footer for his second one and rocketed to the top of the scoreboard. Another birdie at number eight closed his hot stretch before a bogey at number nine forced him back to reality. A largely uneventful back nine found him facing number 18, desperately needing a birdie to post a number that could withstand feverish pushes from a handful of others. Spieth uncorked a drive right in the heart of the fairway, but needed to cover 202 yards. A majestic heave bounced within 10 feet and gave him the chance he needed. And so he turned to that putter, which had betrayed him as of late, and found the dead center of the cup. One by one, those seeking to best his tally fell apart, save for Patrick Cantley, who narrowly missed the clincher to enact a playoff. Both Spieth and Cantley found the sand once again. The former climbed in and authored the clincher, a stone-cold escape that died just shy of its target. A tap-in and a Cantley overcooked sandwich, an unanswered miracle later, and the man who had melted down at that dreaded Amen corner last week had his return to the winner's circle. It was the first win for Spieth since last Easter, when he put together a two-shot victory at the Valero Texas Open. Last week was really a killer for me, my favorite tournament in the world, not getting to play the weekend, he told CBS after the round, so I came in and worked extra hard here. Felt really good to make a putt that mattered on 18 and regulation there. It feels amazing. I won this tournament without a putter, he continued, pointing out the irony. This is one of the worst tournaments I've putted and that I've been in contention in. I tried to stay gritty with it, to be really positive on the back nine today. After a couple missed shortest putts, I made one on 13, and that really settled me back down and just gave me the chance on 18. I'm most proud of the way. I'm really negative after missing a tap in there, getting lazy yesterday. I'm glad it didn't affect it today. This was a needed and welcome reminder that he has his high peaks that come with his valleys, that on any given weekend he can summon the physical and mental toughness needed to earn a win by sheer force, that he can be trusted with the big moments and produce consecutive magic tricks, that he can find a way to get the job done even if his tool of choice isn't working. I'm Kyle Coster, and welcome to the Kyle Coster Show. At the top here, I wanna say something. I've missed a couple of weeks, it's been a bummer. Um, I've been struggling with some health issues, nothing too serious. But something that's made it difficult for me to podcast, which is frustrating, and perhaps you can hear it in my voice, that I'm a little bit stuffed up. I have a respiratory infection. I'm getting some meds for it. It's not great. If you don't like the way I sound, just be happy that you don't feel the way that I feel. Um, I'm hoping that we're on the mend here within the week. I'm going to get back to you. I've definitely improved a bit, uh, but just for a while there, it sounded like death warmed over. A little bit worrisome, but not... Too concerned about it going forward. I'm back podcasting. It feels good. Let's get into it right now. You may have missed it, but the USFL began play this weekend. And if you're feeling excited about the momentum the startup league was able to maintain for 36 hours, well, then you and I are feeling differently. It seemed obvious that this project was destined to fail. Nothing we saw when the iron is supposedly the hottest. Suggest it will do anything but fail. All of the gimmicks in the world, from drone shots to expanded access in the communication, cannot make up for honest to goodness interest, or disinterest in this case. It's a tough bar to climb for anything, including football, even football, in our attention economy, it's crowded. People just don't care in the numbers necessary to make this a rousing success. Turning on national television on Easter to get the hard sell on why I, a Michigander, should care about the Michigan Panthers who play in Alabama, felt a bit empty. And if you like it, you know, if you need this bridge to your precious pigskin, then more power to you. My advice, though, is to rent and not buy that interest. It's very possible that Kyrie Irving doesn't want anyone to like him. In fact, it seems almost logical based on his actions. Opposing fans like the jilted ones in Boston who enjoyed a thrilling game one victory on Sunday at his expense have good reason. So too do net supporters who want what all fans want for a player to show commitment and excellence when it matters. Irving can surely make good on the production side. His attitude and general demeanor though leave the jury in deliberation when it comes to the interpersonal. If he wants to become the ultimate supervillain He's undoubtedly succeeding. But it makes you wonder, of all the paths to choose, why this one? He wouldn't be so committed to the bit if he didn't honestly enjoy it. Brooklyn has been living on the hope of possibility all season. It's time to put up or shut up. Because if Irving can't make good on his potential, if this super team falls dreadfully short of expectations and possibilities, Then all he has is a sideshow. He may attract more attention with vinegar than honey. It's looking more and more though that will leave a nasty taste in everyone's mouth. The Chicago Bulls missed a golden opportunity to usurp control against Milwaukee and steal a game on the road. A sleepy performance from the defending champions opened up a path. DeMar DeRozan responded by building a misguided trail to nowhere missing 19 of his 25 shots. Nikola Vucevic, missed 18 of his 27. All told, Billy Donovan's side went 31 of 96 and are left to wonder what if. Not capitalizing on a no-show from Chris Middleton will be something they look back and rue. One wonders if the gentleman's sweep is already afoot. Hey, remember Duncan Robinson? the sharp shooting Miami heat guard who used the incredible sight lines of the bubble to play his way into fringe stardom and then rocketed back to reality well he's back and he's doing Duncan Robinson things like making nine of ten against the suddenly mortal Trey Young and scoring 27 off the bench as the culture thrived Robinson poured in eight triples and emerged as a break glass in case of emergency option if this isn't an aberration then the top seed in the east just may be the team to ultimately emerge. Joe Madden intentionally walking Corey Seager down 3-2 with the bases loaded and nobody out was a crime against managing. It backfired, of course, as the Rangers put up three more runs after the incident, which blew Mike Trout's mind and conjured images of Barry Bonds, the only slugger to be issued a sacks-packed free pass by someone other than Madden. It was simply not the correct move. Can't be. Why? Because that would mean that Madden has made the wrong decision when faced with similar circumstances dozens of times before when he pitched to the batter. It's a damn shame that it worked out in the long run, with the Angels mounting a come-from-behind win. The wrong message was sent. Dick Vitale, ring the damn bell. I am so happy to report that the ESPN legend is now cancer-free. He announced the great news on Friday. As you know, I've been lucky enough to gain an audience with him in recent years, and he's quick to keep those who keep up to date with him updated. His internal optimism is something to behold. It's genuine and it's refreshing. In this moment, even with so much on his plate, he is singularly focused on raising money for children also in the fight. It's my honest hope that his openness and honestness will be his lasting legacy. I think it's fair to say that nothing would make him happier. Is it wrong that I love the incredible stunts animal rights activists are embarking on during T-Wolves games? Because I do. First, it was a woman gluing her hand to the floor. Then it was someone literally chaining themselves to the stanchion. One wonders what could come next. It's terrible for the game, but it's terrific content. Shout out, Darren Ravel. All right, getting out of here real quick, three more for you. Has anyone ever done the research in regards to how often Phil Mushnick says something positive? It seems like a hell of a way to live. That type of negativity? Can't be good. Speaking of being negative, CNN Plus is reportedly a gigantic failure thus far. Who could have possibly seen that coming Except everyone. And finally, a Detroit Tigers update. This is a real team. Sure, they are 4-5 and five and been smashed with a severe injury bug. But the pieces are there. Terek Skubal and Casey Mize just may be far ahead of schedule. Javi Baez is as advertised. Still one of the most exciting players in Major League Baseball. Austin Meadows looks like a championship piece. Spencer Torkelson has all-star potential within a few years, and the best of the best, Riley Green, should be ready to go when the weather breaks. A.J. Hinch presses all the right buttons, and he has enacted a culture change. Surviving the next month will not be easy, but if the Tigers can hover around 500 until the reinforcements arrive, the welcome vibe of winning ball will wash over a city desperate for it. Super, super exciting times for Detroit.